When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 412 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ben Hilton, the Keith, Rafa Eldamui. And Rafa, today was supposed to be our World Cup's prediction day, but that Qatar-Ecuador game completely threw all my predictions completely out of whack, unfortunately, already. You know, it's all, my bracket's already busted, I'd say. I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me here once again. It's, uh, I know I got my, it's, it just arrived like awesome. a few days ago, so I... And it's Pedri at the back. Uh, but I know we're at World Cup mode. I'm excited because the f- reason I fell in love with football was because of the 90, 1998 World Cup in France. That was my first glance at watching football. And then eventually I became a Barcelona fan because of Ronaldinho. So this, like, it, it brings back childhood memories of watching, like, Brazil-Scotland that first game. I think it was Brazil-Scotland or Japan, something like that. So it's like, Nice to kind of like reminisce a little bit of my childhood. And then it's for a month. Everybody seems to become a football expert, which is funny. Yeah. I find that funny. So, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm I'm, I'm excited about the World Cup. I'm, I'm yeah, not I mean, people lie. know that what I do. So I had two people today in what I was doing today ask me who my predictions were. And somebody went, oh, I, I'm, I got the inside track. I know that Denmark's going to the semifinal. And then... The way they were talking at me, I was like, I mean, that's a fair guess because of their success at the Euros. Yeah. But I also said, can you name me three Danish players if you're going to come at me this hard, this strong? Like, 
<laughs> let's let's just have this dialogue and you know i we, we know that wound up but yeah anyway uh the last thing not last thing the first thing i, I want to mention too is people heard my my show or the youtube channels i think i did about one reason on every team for to watch for kool-aids to watch the world cup as i said there the whole thing here and we can continue to reiterate it and we're actually seeing in live time like the way i on a podcast that has some kind of following that are mostly barcelona fans how i feel about the world cup and guitar and the corruption and things going on like I've said my piece on my platform. People are aware of where I stand on that. But unfortunately, I think for a larger audience, we got to see now, and I think it's more interesting in video even, watching these big companies who are broadcasting the World Cup and how they're handling the fact that it's in Qatar. And so my early hat off, and maybe it's going to be a thing for me. I mean, Rafa, for you, you obviously have connections to Telemundo. And I I think Telemundo got it absolutely right from what I saw. And I think Fox, I mean, could not with that Alexi Lawless bit. I don't think they could have fallen flatter on their face with it. You know what I mean? So I think for me, while as you know, like my Spanish might be conversational enough to get through the World Cup, I think maybe now, maybe now is the moment when I'm just flipping the switch and saying, all right, we're going Telemundo the rest of the way. Because if they're going to cover it that way with tact and show the games and, and again, try to have that very difficult conversation throughout this World Cup while also trying to celebrate what we're trying to celebrate on the field, then my hat's off to Telemundo and they're going to do it right. So I would recommend for all you Spanish speakers who also in the podcast, like if you weren't watching Telemundo coverage uh, until Fox earns it back, I, I'd say, I'd say switch the channel over at this point, to be honest, that's just. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I know it's a very sensitive subject because everything that's going on in Qatar or that has gone on in Qatar, it's like, it's been a hypocrite. Like during the opening ceremony, Oh, like we welcome everybody. Like, no, you don't. So like you, we got a saying in Spanish that no puedes tapar el sol con la mano. Like you can't cover up the sun with your the sun with mm-hmm. your hand. This this is happening. So one way or another, you gotta talk about it. Like you just can't be oblivious to it. So, and I mean, you mentioned Alexi Lalas. I'm not gonna say anything. Um, but but it doesn't surprise me uh, one bit knowing how whatever Alexi Lalas who he is. I said TV personality, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not even dragging him. I'm saying like there was many, many people yeah. at Fox that made that decision. So I, I'm throwing it at Fox in total, like saying that the many, many people, this was not Alexi Lawless saying, I've got a great idea for this. It was producers and directors. I mean, you and I both work behind the scenes. Like it was not one person's decision. Mm-hmm. It was someone who makes a lot more money than even Alexi Lawless, someone who makes gobs of money, who is, I mean, likely the person who makes that decision does not even regularly watch the sport like honestly like that's you and i both know that's usually how it works but all right that's sadly the the only truth a lot of people higher ups that are the ones that actually make the 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 money decisions they don't watch the sport yeah yeah. so it's it's stuff it's something behind the scenes uh i don't think we 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 can talk about that one uh (laughs) one episode like yeah yeah but yeah, it's 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 the other off from the industry. But all right, instead <laughs> we get to do the fun part, and that's get to be fans ourselves and just completely blow it all up with our World Cup brackets, where we are as as capable of messing up as everybody at home. And you know, before I start, because we're gonna do here's what the the show is today. We're gonna pick each group winner and runner up. And you know, if if we get fancy, depending on the conversation, we'll throw in our third and fourth place. Then we're gonna go through the last eight fourth, third, second, first place, and kind of break down some of the knockout rounds, how we think that's going to play out. And then we'll go through golden boot, golden golden ball, all those things, all the little individual awards. And then if we have time, we'll hit some other individual storylines or players that we care about watching in particular. Because again, throughout this process, I certainly will be hitting the Barcelona players. There was no Barcelona player. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, likely on day two, there was one. But 
as of now, it was just Qatar. It was just Ecuador. And there wasn't a Barcelona player in that one game. So it, it is what it is. We don't have any Barcelona updates just so far. But again, those will be coming. And now the one thing I want to preface it with, you know, I was talking to one of the players at one of the jobs I do as well, the people I know about Ultimate Frisbee. And I cover on Ultimate Frisbee team and work with them and got to know the players and things. One of the players once said something that stuck out to me. And I use that in this World Cup bracket. And he said before their championship, their two-time undefeated champions, he said, why don't you just always think of the thing? Like when you're making a prediction, why don't you always just go with the thing that you hope to happen? Because when the stakes are so low, like our bracket predictions, when the stakes are so low, just do what you want. I mean, if it makes sense. Like if like I went to a small, tiny school, like private school uh, for college. And so I would never, if they ever made the NCAA tournament in 20 years, but if they do again, make the NCAA tournament, I'm never going to pick them to win it. Right. That's insane. Right. Maybe get the first round upset, but you never take them beyond that because that's where we're at. But for these predictions, I just said, I think this is what's best for the podcast. I think this is what's best for me. So this is where I'm going to go with my predictions. And so you're going to find that I'm going to pick not what's predictable, but what you all want. I want to give the people what they want with this. Let's put it that way. I, I think I don't think I know this is Barcelona po- podcast. We're both Barcelona fans. We both have Barcelona uh, related channels in Spanish and English. I think I'm going to upset a few of Barcelona sure. fans yeah. with my bracket. So sorry in advance. Great. great. I'm glad we're on opposite sides of that. All right. Let's start with Group A, <laughs> which is Ecuador, the Netherlands, Qatar and Senegal. We already saw Qatar and Ecuador. I, I, it was a joke. I did not have Qatar going any farther than fourth place in this group. I had the Netherlands first. I actually have Ecuador over Senegal, and then I have Qatar in fourth place. And I think this one's pretty obvious why I have Netherlands at the top. I, I think this isn't their strongest version, but it was something interesting today about Louis van Hall. Uh, he had a comment today about how they wanted to do it to, for the last honest man in football. Speaking of himself, which is, again, Louis van Hall in his old age, which he is. He's in his 70s. He's the oldest coach at the World Cup. It seems like he's doing these press conferences with a little bit of of softness. But as Barcelona fans remember, that is not Louis van Gaal. Like, do not let him give you the old Obi-Wan Kenobi. These are not the droids you're looking for. No, no, no. This is Louis van Gaal. And you know that guy in the locker room is saying the different things than he's saying to the press. And I think he is trying to galvanize his team in a different way. And I think Netherlands, you know, we'll see how far I take them later. But I, I do think they will win this group. I think they're just better than Ecuador. And then obviously Senegal losing Sadio Mane. I, I'm going to take the words right out of your mouth. That's why I have them at third. With Sadio Mane, I would have taken them second. I think Ecuador playing Comable. You know, it, it takes, I found as I was doing this, I need a reason to knock down that Comable team because Comable qualifying is so, so hard because Ecuador's in this tournament because Chile is not, Colombia is not. So there's a reason Ecuador is in here. So that's why I have Ecuador second. No, I got the same thing as you for group A. The reason I have Ecuador going through at second place, it's exactly that. Even before Mane was completely out, And they were talking about like, oh, is he going to come back for the second game or maybe the third game? Like when you're, when you're speaking about those things already, uh, you can't count on Mane and Senegal in that sense. And in my opinion, a, team, a Senegal team that relies so much on Sadio Mane and, well, he was second in the Ballon d'Or voting. Like he is arguably, yeah. what, top three, top five in the world. And when he was injured but like we we didn't know yet if he was gonna make it or not i was like that alone i i don't have senegal going through sadly i, I would in my opinion i would have loved or i mean it can happen still but i would love for ecuador and and uh, senegal to go through but looking at it like from a cold point of view i agree with you i, th I think the netherlands are a 
very good team. They might not be a super team, but I think in this group they got enough to finish first. And then Ecuador, like you said, like it might like the common ball qualifiers, in my opinion, are the hardest in the entire yeah. world. So they and they have a good team. They have have a good defense. They're physical. They're fast. They I, I call them like the Brighton Ecuadors. They got three players from Brighton. So I, I agree with you. It's just and then Qatar, pfft, like yeah, come yeah, on. yeah. I mean, it, it, I got the same thing as you. Yeah, and I say with Netherlands too. Like if you watch that one reason why for every Barca, I mentioned a lot of young players, and I want to also add the caveat too. Like Jeremy from Pong, who has been. Barcelona fans have linked to Barcelona. He has not yet been officially linked to Barcelona, but the Leverkusen youngster, and then Xavi Simmons, the old academy product, neither of them have ever made an international appearance for the Netherlands. So I want to be very clear that while I did put them as like reasons to watch, they will likely not feature and are likely only at the World Cup because they are potentially going to be big pieces at the next World Cup or the next cycle, if you will. Again, Simmons is just 19. So we'll be watching Netherlands for Frankie and for Memphis and again for Luke de Jong, who somehow... We wanted them oh, out. Our Lord and Savior. So, all right. For group B, England, <laughs> Iran, USA, Wales. What you got? When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to be very careful with what I say. I don't want to upset you, my friend. But I do have England going through, uh, even though I know so they I, got winning the group. some major yeah. injuries on the right side. But I still, they still got a good enough team, in my opinion, to finish yep. first in that group. And then, honestly, it's, in my opinion, between the U.S. and uh, Wales, it's, I think it's a toss-up. I could see either country going through. But it's just, I think this is not more, this is more of a sentimental thing with Bale now that obviously he's out of Madrid. Then like the last hoorah, last dance, Bale, just like this guy that literally doesn't do any, well, he did with LAFC at the end, but he's Mr. Clutch. So this is a short tournament. Who's to say he can't have the, like his last hoorah, the last four or five good games of his career and he has them in this tournament. That being said, I, I like the U.S. team I think has is a better team than Wales. Yeah, but that Gareth Bale factor. Yeah, a lot of players playing a higher level. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Level, so. so it wouldn't surprise me to see the U.S. finish second whatsoever. But at the end of the day, the best player, in my opinion, plays for the other team, plays for Wales. Whether we will see that Gareth Bale of old, I don't know. But if he is that Gareth Bale of old, he's clearly the best player on the pitch. And at any moment with any action can just well, that's what's interesting. Well, the rabbit well, out of the interesting hat. Because by the time you hear this, we already will know the result. Like my prediction early yeah. on, as I'm probably already wrong about, is that I have the way the USA goes through. And this is the thing about USA fans, because they don't really watch this sport enough. And then they're going to watch the World Cup and they're going to get really disappointed because the USA, I think, are going to beat. Iran and it's I mean Iran and it's going to be a terrible match. I mean, if you watch I- Iran, I think they're the team. I think it was Romania in what was it the twenty something Euro? I, I the twenty twelve Euro maybe or twenty sixteen? I made twenty sixteen Euro. Romania played with like that nine at the back and it made me want to vomit and it was awful and they obviously didn't go through. But Iran's they play a very very similar way. Like that game was going to be a slog and I think the U.S. win with that with like a penalty kick. And then like a late goal. And like, that's how they go through two nothing. And then it's a draw with Wales, like one, one or something like that. And then they lose to England. And that's how the U S finished second in the group. Cause that's what I have. I have England, USA, Wales, Iran. Now the Gareth Bale thing, I will push back a little bit as again, as people know, I cover MLS and Gareth Bale scored a highlight real goal to win LAFC, basically the title. Cause they were dead in stoppage time down a man. He scores this miraculous header to, to take it to PKs. And then LAFC win in PKs, right? Moment of the year for Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale was not starting for LAFC. I want to remind people that. Like, he was not playing. Like, he was playing more than he played for Real Madrid. Like, you can see him in a uniform on the field, which is great. <laughs> like, because he doesn't usually do that. But, like, he was not. It's not even, like, the MLS factor. It's that, like, Gareth Bale is not truly 90 minutes fit. Like, having watched it, like, he's not. He was, like, he came off the bench in that game. So, I, I think there are major questions about Gareth Bale in this tournament. So, even if Gareth Bale has a Gareth Bale moment against the USA, 
I mean, he might fall flat on his face against again that that I mean, when Iran try to tough like rough him up and kick the living daylights out of him because that's going to be the game plan against Wales. And so, I mean, that that's what I got there. Speaking of getting kicked the daylights out of you, if that makes any sense. The next group, Group C, is uh, Messi and Argentina. It's Mexico. It's Poland, which is another example of getting the, the, the stuffing kicked out of you in Lewandowski. And then Saudi Arabia, who I think is going to do a lot of the kicking the stuff out of the, uh, the other team. So for this one, I have Argentina and Mexico because I, I think Poland, well, not I think, Poland is better, I think, around Lewandowski than Wales is to, if that makes any sense. Poland, I think, it's actually yeah. comparing it to the group before, I think Poland is closer to Mexico as far as getting that, that number two than Wales is to the USA. Again, I could be wrong by the time you hear this, but I, I think Mexico has also not been great for 36 months now or something. But I think they also do still have enough talented enough players and they have a system and a style that they do trust. And I think that'll be enough where Poland, not say that, well, I guess they all have to fault against Mexico. I mean, and then Argentina, they're not really the wild card. I think Argentina kind of went out in this group. But yeah, I think Poland, Mexico is, tough because that one very much easily i think that was one of the harder like second third ones that i had to be honest with you i th- th- that's the thing with me like obviously i got argentina going first but then for the second spot i think it's a toss-up just like the prior group we were talking about like it wouldn't surprise me to see yeah. either mexico or poland go through and then at the end of the day it's mexico in the in these tournaments obviously they they can't get to the infamous uh fifth game but like mexico they're mexico they're they're good on the group stage more often than not. And then you got a team like Poland, which, I mean, yeah, they got well, arguably the best pure number nine in the world right now. So in in these type of games that they're like more, more often than not, World Cup games aren't flashy and they're, they're, they're ugly games for the most part. And then when you, especially like the group stage where you're like, let's get a draw and lift to fight another day. So Poland... It's, it, again, I think this is a little bit of like, well, like you said, even though I think they, they surround their superstar better than Wales, but I think it's kind of the same-ish in a way of, hey, you got one player that is, he's the best player on the pitch, and at any given moment, whether Poland are not playing well, Lewandowski can just score an incredible goal, and that's it, either to win the game or just to tie it. So it, it's, it's a toss-up, and then on my bracket, I got Poland, but... It's not like I'm, yeah. whoa, 100% sure they're going through. Like, if Mexico go through, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me whatsoever. Me, so. But I me, it's that Mexico gets a little more goal scoring from the midfield, which I think is always really, really important in the World Cup. Because Raul Jimenez, like, he is their number nine. He is their guy. And then, obviously, uh, Chucky Lozano is option number two. Alexis Vega is probably going to be the other winger on the other side who can cut in a little bit, and you almost call him an attacking midfielder. But they do have a bit more punch from that midfield. And, again, in these tournaments, Sometimes your number nine doesn't score. And I mean, that's the thing with England too. Like why you take England? Cause it's like, even if Harry Kane has a dud of a tournament, England can still go through because they just have a, they're just going to get enough goals. And a, a reminder too, that when Spain had that amazing, you know, 2010 or whatever, I think they only scored like seven goals or something before the semifinal. It was like one nil, one exactly. nil, one nil, one nil. defensively, yeah. again, they just suffocated every team. And I, I think you, you don't see that happening, obviously for, for any of these teams. I mean, and our, that's, not even how Argentina play. Like Argentina actually play much more direct. They don't like play with possession. I mean, we're we're gonna get to them. <laughs> when I say possession, we're gonna get to those teams later. But Argentina isn't like that. Like they will control possession, and you're likely gonna see them have more possession in these games. But after having watched it, you're not really gonna think that that was the emphasis there. The emphasis is that Argentina try to strike you quick, not even a counterattack. Like they 
when they're on the ball, either in possession or whatever, like at any moment, they want to flip that switch and get direct as possible. But again, they're patient in doing that, if that makes any sense. Like it's not just possession, possession, build a build a build up FIFA goal. It's like, when's the moment? Oh, here's the moment. Now we're striking. And that's why Argentina hasn't, what was the last time they lost? Like it's, it's like hundreds of days or something. Uh, yeah, a long time incredible. ago. All right. Next one is group D that is Australia, Denmark, France, and Tunisia. I mean, I got France first and Denmark second. Yeah, like, I know people are talking about like the, the curse of the champion, the European champion on top of that. But honestly, even though, yeah, they just lost Benzema, they lost Pogba, Kante, and Kunku. They're just so stacked yeah. that I, to me, even though nothing is impossible, to me, it kind of feels impossible that they won't go through. Like, it's like, oh, Benzema's injured. Oh, well, they still got their they're number nine that won them the world cup like Olivia, Giroud yeah, and go. he if he's not fit I thought you were going to start with Mbappe can, but no yeah yeah it's no. Giroud hot take hot take hot take Benzema never he's always injured or in a lot of trouble and not, not the world cup with France so I mean Giroud's the big game world cup player like that's him and then yeah. Mbappe was also I mean he won a world cup already so it's like this is not a moment he's afraid of and then you have an actual good Dembele Usually why you see them crash out, usually why you see that, obviously, is because it's a group that was already experienced at the peak of their powers. And now many of them have been reinvited and many of them are a little bit past it. But this France squad is not the case. So many even of those players, as you said, like players that are injured or whatever, have already been not even pushed out, but overtaken. It's not pushed out. It's they've been overtaken by Chuamani's and, and Kumavingas and, you know, other players that are going to make me sad to watch. But yeah, I mean, to, to say that I'm disappointed that I won't see Benzema, I, I'm fine. I can I can sleep. And then Denmark, of course, you're right. Like it's Denmark's performance at the Euros. I don't think you can actually overinflate that because, as is the case with Iceland years ago, and then it was Norway. Even like I think it was in the mid '80s. I, I read one time an article about that. That like when these Scandinavian countries say we want to rebuild football, right? We want to start from the like figure it out and grassroots. Like there is this Kool Aid that people like to drink about those Scandinavian countries when they get really excited about about football for a minute. And right now, it's Denmark's moment. Like I know they're not technically in Scandinavia. I know Denmark is is is, is across the way. But yes, Denmark. This it's, it's a similar culture, a similar life. But yeah, for Denmark to say, hey, we have all these pieces. We know how we play. Honestly, when you talk about identity, and I mean this is where I drink the gold too. When you talk about identity. How, what a team wants to do, what its goals are, who has their roles. Denmark might do it better than every single team in this tournament. And th the thing is, like, uh, they're a good team. They're, like, obviously, they're not, uh, what's the word that I'm trying to use? Like, they're not the, the not the fancy pick, but, like, a stylish pick. Like, obviously, if you want to pick, like, a European team, like, like Croatia are more, like, hip or mm -hmm. cool if you pick them but like even then i like i it, it wouldn't surprise me if obviously they, they finished second and then they quote unquote st stun somebody in the round yeah. of 16 because they're they're a good team but in that group like obviously australia i don't see them doing anything tunisia neither so it's like as we can talk about like the the curse of the champion the european champion but friends are so stacked that if i think it would be one of if not the biggest like new like thing in in world cup history if they don't go past, like through this group stage and then in my opinion they just have the best player in the world like to me mbappe is just that guy and at any given moment and if they decide to do what they did last world cup with the, it was just let's sit back and then unleash hell 
on the counterattack with Mbappe, and now they're like technically they they got Mbappe on the left and Dembélé on the right. Like we know our boy Dembélé is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but still, like if they decide to be like f having control of yeah. the game, we're just gonna go Real Madrid about it, sit back, and then unleash our horses running down the flanks. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck defending Mbappe and Dembélé on both flanks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll deal with France France later and how far they get. But yeah, I, I agree. I think yeah. they still win the group uh, without too much concern. Group E, this is the toughest one for first place. I really only did, I mean, I guess Group E and then Group H, which is the last one. Those were the two where who's going to get first in the group was, I think, the hardest to figure out. Because obviously this one has Germany, it has Spain. There's also Costa Rica and there's also Japan. I've been following, I live in the US, so I've been following CONCACAF for a while here. This is not the best Costa Rica squad that we've seen. Unfortunately for them, there's a lot of names that are familiar to us that have been around for quite some time, like Oscar Duarte, the old Espanol center back. He's been around for a while. Celso Borges, who was around for a while. Like these are names. Joel Campbell, the old alternate Loney, is still doing his thing for Lyon now in Mexico. Dude, Brian Ruiz is still playing for them. <laughs> yeah. He's like 100,000 years old. Like, it's, it's, it, I agree with you. It's just like these names that you feel like you've been hearing them forever. And you're like, wait, they, they're still playing for Kayla, Costa Rica? Kayla Navas is 35, years, 35 years old. Like, I mean, listen, if Kayla Navas stands on his absolute head and then stands on that head and then just makes a totem of heads and stands on all of them, then maybe Costa Rica will go through. But this is a really tough group for them. And then the same with Japan. You know, Japan has a lot more, especially in the Bundesliga, players that are going to be bigger names potentially, but they're also like already in their peak and they're kind of, we'll say B-level players, right? They're good Bundesliga players or good, decent Premier League players. And then there's a lot offensively riding on Takafusa Kubo, like a lot riding on Takafusa Kubo and a bit too much for me. So people I'm noticing are starting, are taking Japan because they do want to feel like, oh, Germany or Spain, we got to knock one of these two out. But I have Germany winning the group and I have Spain coming second. I think Germany do win that game, which again, there's a lot of Barcelona players and there's a lot of Bayern Munich players on the side. So I gave I gave Germany the slightest advantage over Spain, even though a lot of the other players are different. And then I had Japan and then Costa Rica in that in that order. Uh, I got Germany first. I think I think they're kind of underrated, like in the tournament. I think they got a, an insane squad. Of course, great keeper, great defense, great midfield, great. They, I mean, they don't have maybe like this prolific number nine, but offensively, I think they're stacked. So I got them finishing first. I got Spain finishing second. But again, like Costa Rica and Japan, like it wouldn't surprise me if they like pull like, well, maybe like an upset and beat like, I don't know, Spain or draw against them and things like that. Like like Costa Rica are a tough cookie to like crack open. Like they're good defensively. And then at the end of the day, like what we talked about this earlier, that this is a group stage, like, if you're good defensively, you got a great goalkeeper in Keylor Navas who's capable of, like he's done many times, putting on the Superman cape and just pulling up a great performance, making eight, nine, ten saves in that game, and then against Germany or against Spain, and then that's a draw. So I, th I think this is a tough group, but even then, I think we should see Germany first and, and Spain second in this game. And then like you said, like I don't like I don't root for the Spain national team, but like because they got Luis Enrique, like and now he's a Twitch superstar. He's literally streaming each day. 
and I think it's hilarious because it's like kind of like seeing your dad trying to figure out technology. So I, I got I, I got a soft spot for Luis Enrique. I love that guy, and um, I couldn't care less about Spain, but I do want them to get far because of him. Yeah, I mean, not only Luis Enrique though, but again, like Eric Garcia, Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, Alejandro Balde, Pedri. Gabi, Ansu Fati. I mean, I'll be watching Spain, of course, That's... because again, I, I do root for Ansu and Gabi and Pedri. And like, I talk so much about those kids, right? About these teenagers. And of course, I want them to succeed on the biggest stage, especially after what Pedri did at the Euro. I, I am actually excited to watch this Spain and the way they do play and asking whether Luis Enrique can figure out what Xavi can't figure out. Does that make sense? Like they play so similar to Barcelona. I'm most intrigued by Spain because they have this horde of Barcelona players. And it's again, I guess I would, uh, I said it in the, the video I did, but it's, it's a great, uh, what's that called? Uh, it's not a Pandora's box, but it's like the, what is it? The catch 22, not even catch 22. I, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll go back to the drawing wall. But for Eric Garcia, it, it's, it's, it's a great question. If Eric Garcia plays like he normally plays for Spain and is like really, really good. And awesome for everyone else. It's going to be this weird world where his club, the club fans or the Kool-Aids are going to go, this guy, including yourself, <laughs> they go, this guy is trash, right? I, mean, I know who I'm talking to. And then you go and you watch and you watch the World Cup and all these fans will say telling you who, again, maybe don't normally watch or go like, why? He was a starting center back for Spain. He was started three games. He was really great. Awesome. Like there is that world where this happens for Eric Garcia and maybe for some of these Spanish players, but for most of them, like Alejandro Balde, I don't expect to see, but the irony is we'll see Jordi Alba instead because Gaia is now, right? So it's like this, there is great irony that, that Balde, while it doesn't feel like he was called in to play. I mean, what if Gaia was the starter, but I think Jordi Alba is, but all right, we will get back to Germany and Spain. I promise in a second. Next up is Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Morocco in Group F. And I think I think I know what you're going to say. I think we're going to have the same thing again, unfortunately. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. And I'm trying to check my bias here. Let's put it that way. No, I think, I think Belgium are going to finish first, Croatia second. And then I the only reason before, not now, I don't think, sadly, and this pains me, even though he cost me a lot of pain in the 2020, Alfonso Davies, I don't think he's 100%. He's not. And I think if he plays, there, there's a good chance. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but I think there's a good chance he gets injured again. Like that, that's a tough muscle injury that he has. So if he was 100%, maybe I could have convinced myself the World, the World Cup of Alfonso Davies and, and whatnot. But I don't think he's fit enough to carry Canada to a second position in in this group. Well, I, I don't think, um, so well, having, having I, watched Canada, I don't think it's him. It's Jonathan David of Lille. He's actually the guy and he's firing on all cylinders and he's healthy right now. And sometimes all it takes is a number nine to carry you through. And so, I mean, by through, I mean to third place. Cause I also had Belgium and Croatia and then I had Canada and Morocco. So I do mean all the way to third place, but, but I, I think when it comes to Morocco and, and Canada, as we're splitting hairs there, I think you go with you go with them. And I think for me in Croatia, like Rakitic has been retired for a while. He retired in 2020. So it really is still the Luka Modric show. And like Croatia is still like I did. I checked out one game for them during their own qualifying. I was like, this team just plays like like Luka Modric is the center of attention and not in a bad way. Like they're trying to get the best out of him. And they actually they play almost a similar way to Messi where these players have a full understanding. And it was interesting with their selection too. Like they, they kept a bunch of players home, like Ante Rebic, like a bunch of players were sent, were not sent, but stayed home. And it seemed like the players that were selected 
fit so well with him. Like they know when they need to defend for him and drop in. They know when they need to get forward for him to make a run. Not him, but like for them to make a run for him to play them on. Be open exactly. And Argentina plays a very similar way as I talked about with like the directness where it seems like the players that were selected and Argentina are really good right now. I'll get that back in a second. So Argentina, they've set up their system where we know when Messi is going to drop in. We know when Messi is going to push forward and we know when, when to be dangerous for him. And I think Croatia is the same thing for Modric. That's why I have them going definitely second in this group above Canada and above Morocco. All right, next up, Group G, Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, Switzerland. This one for me was the easiest group win. I, I think I'm looking through the list again, and I think this was the easiest group winner to pick. It is Brazil. They are the favorites to win this tournament reasonably. And so I think, obviously, it's Brazil. And then I have it Switzerland, and I think pretty unequivocally. Like, their roster, Switzerland's so interesting to me for the last 15 years. Their roster, at no point does my eyes cartoon-like go Auga at any of those names. Their roster is very boring to me. But it is there's something very Swiss. There is something very practical. There is something very, we are going to finish second in this group. <laughs> like, they are methodical in their second place finish. And so that's why I have uh, Switzerland, because I just think their they're talent, like, they just have enough talent at every position. They know what they're doing. Very, not like Denmark, but they have a system. They understand this is who we need to defend against. This is how we need to suffer. But this is a team that we can push against and control. And I think throughout qualifying, when I saw them too, like, they took it to teams at times when, they, when, it, when it befit them. And I think they're very good at understanding when is the moment and when isn't the moment. And again, the World Cup, it's all about these little moments. And I think Switzerland do that well. And then again, Brazil, I don't need to talk about that. And then did I I'd say who I thought was third and fourth? Oh, I have Cameroon third and I have Serbia fourth. And that one is not backed up by almost anything. I have, I, I, I have to have a team from CAF, from the African nation. Like, I mean, from the African continent, I've got to have somebody at least finishing third from Africa in this tournament. And so I think it is Cameroon and, and it's not even the same. thing. I think there are a bunch of players on that team that are going to surprise people. And I also think uh, this is a tournament where Andre Anano, Anana can take what he did for inter against Barcelona and just be really, really good. I mean, and then once again, like Canada, good enough for third place, but I can see how I can see the argument for Serbia. Like we can switch that. It's I, I obviously, obviously I, I got Brazil finishing first, um, but I, I have Serbia finishing second. Okay. But but this was like one of those like I I can see Switzerland finishing second very easily, but I could also see Serbia. So I think I went more for the hipster pick in a way. Yeah. Like I I rather see something new in a way like Blaovic, Mitrovic, I mean Linkovic, and I do I I know I mean I don't watch a lot of Juve. I haven't watched a lot of Juve games this season, and I think like I read somewhere that uh, Blaovic like wasn't playing that great, but still like I I do like Blaovic. It's like the wish version of Haaland. Yeah. I mean, he does so, have nine goals and 17 I, Serbia appearances. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, you're right. You're right. Looking back at the, like, I mean, even even Tadic from Ajax, like, they have, that is a good point. They have way more goal scorers than, than Cameroon. And so I'm just kind of going with the vibes when it comes to Cameroon here uh, more than I am Serbia. Because you're right. Serbia's, if anything, the names on Serbia's roster are better than that of Switzerland and of Cameroon. And I think that's, like, on paper, a totally fair assessment. And then the last group here, Group H, Ghana, Portugal. South Korea and Uruguay. This is a good. This one. is a good one, and so that's why I'm putting it on you first. I took Brazil at the last. Game, I so I asked. I gotta admit, I went uh, with my heart a little bit. Like I got Uruguay. Yeah, first. so did I. Yeah, um, that's why I said. Just let I, like make what you want happen in the world. <laughs> exactly. Speak it into existence. 
I say I love Darwin. Like I'm a huge Darwin believer. I know he he's gotten a lot of slack that during the first like, few games of Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool aren't playing like what they were used to them. They're still like I think coping with not having Sadio Mane and whatnot. But I think Darwin is a beast. This is the last hurrah for our boy Luis Suarez. And I don't know. And they're Uruguay. Uruguay compete. Oh yeah. They they may not be fancy. They not may not be easy to the eye to watch. All like the all the opposite. But in these tournaments, these guys know how to compete. And then obviously Portugal, like name wise, I mean they're stacked. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Portugal finish first whatsoever. But I just like Uruguay more than Portugal as a team. And then I mean South Korea, my I love Sonaldo. I hope like maybe he I mean it would be a surprise if like in my opinion South Korea go through, but I would love personally to see some great Hyunmin Sun performances at the sure. World Cup and then Ghana. I I, I want to see Iñaki Williams with Ghana. It's just I mean I I I love African teams. I wish them the best in the entire world. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I would love Ghana for to surprise everybody and go through. I don't see it, but um, yeah, I, I I love that. I'm gonna have that Iñaki Williams watch on Ghana, but I got Uruguay first and Portugal second. So I have the same thing here, and there is a world certainly. And this is the, the hot take on Portugal. Like it's not hate on Cristiano Ronaldo, but I think you know I'm, I'm watching. People know I watch a lot of basketball too, right? And for the Golden State Warriors, which is a team that you know I just I can't get enough of it, Curry. It's having a Curry season. Like I just, I love watching amazing players play amazing basketball. So obviously Steph Curry, love watching him. The shell of Clay Thompson is really intriguing to me. But at the start of their season, for those who don't follow basketball, one of their best players, probably a Hall of Famer, first ballot, Draymond Green, punched in the face and not punched in the face, like really punched in the face, like really punched in the face. One of their young and up and coming players in Jordan Poole, a guy who just like signed a, a big contract that likely meant that they weren't going to be giving a big contract to Draymond either. But point is uh, that while it, sem- it seemed like the team and the organization, everybody like, they're like, we're fine. We moved past it. They literally they didn't even, they, they find him, but they didn't even suspend him for an actual NBA game. And that kind of got pushed, not even under the rug, but they said, we're moving past that, right? Like let's put it in the past as fast as possible. Well, to start this season, Draymond still looks like he's taking more steps back. Clay is just looks like not like he's there. And then, Jordan Poole is so inconsistent and is like suffering. And it's not the play we saw in the finals last year. And so for Golden State, like they could say, they can say everything is okay. And there are moments, you know, with sports, right? There are moments when something happens and you go, yeah, we're fine, right? That, that unifies us or we're good. And then there's those things where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it's like, oh, we've got a problem here. And this is this festering. And that Draymond punch, honestly, like it seems to be festering in the team that won the championship last year. And this all leads me back to Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo and that interview and the reactions that we see. Like, we, we might be trying to pick up on these microaggressions, right, between him and, and Bernardo Silva and, and Bruno oh, Fernandes. Yeah. And we're trying to, like, uh, Zabruder film, like, break it down. Oh, see the little lip here? That means that he doesn't trust it, right? And all these things. But I, I think that's one of those cases where you have this guy that has been it's just an idol to so many of these players, even at the World Cup. The younger players have been looking up to him for years and he's going to get autographs like other players are going to be asking for autographs on South Korea or Ghana right or even Uruguay and yet Ronaldo I think has started a fire that Portugal won't be able to put out in a way that Uruguay that's why I have them first 
I think not even handily, but I think I trust him to finish first. And that is the argument to me why it's not about Portugal, Spain, and any of that, or Ronaldo hate. It's that I think Ghana and South Korea, you're right. Uh, Son is what I think he's a perfect player that fits the international game because is he a forward when you need him to be? Is he a midfielder when you need him to be? He is a guy that just can show up in a big moment and have that big moment. And again, he's one of the my, the most fun players, I think, really in world football. And so it, this is a moment where, I mean, we already know about him, so he's not going to have a James Rodriguez type showing, but there is this world where he just completely goes nuts and and South Korea in second. And the same thing with, I did have Ghana and then South Korea, but and Ghana, I, I took there because I am relying on these number nines and like Inyaki Williams, just firing them, getting enough of a goal where where they they go through two third <laughs> so don't go anywhere but they get two third you get my point so i still had portugal finning second because that team is loaded but now i'm going to the next thing and that is the final eight here because for predictions to give that away i do not have portugal in my final eight i have them knocked out in the round of 16 same thing unfortunately with denmark so my final eight here as you look at your bracket i have the netherlands i have argentina i have germany i have brazil I have England, I have France, I have Spain, and I have Uruguay, which on paper means every one of the first round winners went through with the exception of Belgium, I believe. I'm just going through there. I, I, yeah, I got the points. same thing as you, except I got Belgium beating Spain and going gotcha. through the uh, last day and facing Uruguay. But I, I have Netherlands, Argentina, Germany, Brazil, uh, England, uh, France, and Belgium, Uruguay. So basically, we got yeah, the same it's thing. Of, for it's now, one of those situations where we know that not to be true when it comes to predictions and brackets and all those things. I wouldn't say any of these second place finishers that we talked about, like whether it was Denmark or Switzerland or Croatia or Portugal, like any of them getting to the final eight, I think is not a surprise. Like it's not an upset. It's not that crazy. Obviously, if Mexico reaches the brand of, uh, the, the the final eight, like <laughs> it'd be a big deal in Mexico. If the U.S. were to get that far, you'd have to tell some Americans how big of a deal it is. But it would be a pretty big deal, and they've got a, a good and talented squad as well. Again, same thing with Croatia. Croatia get all the way to final four, and it would be no surprise because you're like, okay, they have the personality, they have the thing. And I think even like you would pick Serbia to pick second, and I wouldn't. It's not that crazy to say that Serbia can make some kind of mini run, make the final eight. So now working our way backwards to forward. In fourth place, I have England losing to Brazil in the third place game. And that's, I preface this, and I, you guys knew I was going to do this. Everybody knew I was going to do this. It's Argentina beating Spain in the final. And as I said, if you think something is going to happen, then just have it. I think this Spain team is one that very well is probably, I'm speaking them a bit too highly. I think, I mean, truly, I think I'm speaking a bit too highly of them. And I'm putting too much trust in Luis Enrique. But I, there is just something about this team, and it's because I follow Barcelona too. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Luis Enrique press conferences in a way that I'm not looking at other coaches, right? I'm paying attention in a way that I'm not. I think there is some fight. There is something in them. I think as young as they may be, I, I, I have Spain going that far. Like, and I, I can find a way to justify it. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I can't justify taking the U.S. to the final, but I can justify Spain to the final. And in this case with Argentina. I think there are every other time that we've done this can say we can't justify Argentina to the final. I think the way Argentina are playing, not because of Messi, but around Messi and what they're enabling him to be now. I think this version of Argentina is the one time where I can say, I think it's fair to say there's a reason and an explanation as to why Argentina can win this World Cup. 
And then I, it also fits a story and a narrative. And it's like, sometimes the story and the narrative don't work out. But I think this is one of those cases where, yeah, I think the story is going to work out because there's one player that is different than all the others we've ever seen in the world. And it's Lionel Messi. And so it's like, let's just take what you could believe and kind of break your brain a little bit. And then Brazil, third was as far down as I could possibly go. You could not talk me any farther than third place for Brazil because, again, everyone else has them on the favorite. I understand a lot of them have as, as their winners. I think this is a point where I throw it over to you, correct? <sighs> I'm afraid, Dan. I'm afraid. How much time? I'm going to go like bit by bit. I got Argentina beating the Netherlands and going to the semifinals. I got Germany beating Brazil. Big, quote-unquote, upset. But it's not. It's not. They beat them the... 7-1, <laughs> like, within our I, lifetime, I like, know, but, the last 10 years. But, but I think Brazil have so much hype going into this World Cup that if Germany do end up beating them, let's say, in the um, quarterfinals, I think it, quote-unquote, could be considered an upset by a lot of people because I think Brazil is so yeah. hyped to win it all. Then on the other side, I got France beating England and Belgium beating Uruguay. So my semifinals are Argentina, Germany, and France, Belgium. And on that, I got France beating Belgium. And I got Germany beating Argentina. Which has happened in the past. That's happened. Yes. And we, we were there. We see and uh, I know, I know, I know a lot of people want Messi to win it. I mean, Argentina to win it for Messi. And I would love Messi. Like, I think Messi's career, if he doesn't win a World Cup, I still think he's the best player I've ever seen. Um, but for the haters, for the doubters, I think Messi's career deserves a World Cup. But the thing is, it's not because of him. I do trust Messi. It's my problem that I've had with the Argentina national team for the past, what, 10, 12 years? I don't trust the rest of the team to show up more often than not. We know Messi's going to be surrounded by five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand players. But I just don't trust until, like, I know they just won the Copa America, but it's like, I, I don't trust when push comes to shove, the rest of the players being like, hey, Messi, you're surrounded by six players. Don't worry. We got you. So it's not messy. It's just that I don't trust Argentina. And I do. I firmly believe that Germany have an insane squad that is not getting talked yeah. about. I mean, they, they, even, Defense, had the, they even had the ability to bring Frankfurt's Mario Götze to. I, I mean, did he come on merit? Yes. Frankfurt has been good this year, as Barcelona saw last year. Frankfurt has still continued to be good this year. But Mario Götze, was he the one who should have been named to the squad? Maybe. But maybe just because. He can sit on that bench and in that final, Messi can look over and go, that's the guy. And, you know, that's the face. That's the man that, that ruined this the first time. And, and then for Germany, like you got that double pit, like Goretzka Kimmich. Then you got Musiala, who I think this could be his coming out party to like general, like general fans that don't know yeah. about him. Like Musiala is that guy. Then he's surrounded, like Sané is playing, has played this season Amazing, as we also saw against oh, yeah. Barcelona. Then you got a guy like Serge Gnabry. I do like Gnabry. And then with Havertz, obviously you got Havertz on top. But worst case, if Havertz isn't playing well, you got a guy named Thomas freaking Muller, who is our kryptonite. And even though I despise him because he's caused me so much pain, he's amazing. 
He's, I just love him as a football player. He's so intelligent. So if you can just plug a guy like Thomas Mueller, if need be, in a short tournament, like, who's to say, like, you got Sula, Rudy, you got yeah. at the back, you got Neuer, you got Schlotterberg, like, Rom, like, I just think they got an amazing yeah, it's really spot. Interesting because then, they have like the odds, like the odds betting is that Spain are fifth favorite, right? So like I'm overstepping that a little bit, but taking them second. Argentina's third. So again, I'm like overrating them. Brazil was picked favorite. France was picked second favorite. It's totally fair. England was fourth favorite. Germany is sixth favorite. That one I could not disagree with more. And that's one of those, just like the Musiala thing. I think the last like six months, I think the, We'll say English-speaking audience has gotten better on the Musiala. But like this is, again, just conspiracy, Dan, here about the English media over <laughs> across the pond. When Musiala decided to play for Germany instead of England, I think he was it was hush-hush, right? Like it all like, oh, he's over there now. Like it all shut up. And then Musiala like wasn't spoken about in the English-speaking world for like a year. And now with Bayern Munich, you can't deny that you have to talk about him. He's like, I'm going to make you exactly. talk about me um, because I'm so good. And I forgot about Gundogan. They got Gundogan as yeah. well. So it's like, I, I just like the this Germany. Well, Germany does lot. win the World Cup again. That means that Mark Ander Ter Stegen comes back. And I mean, who knows? He might not only come back with the World Cup, but then be come back and handed PK's captain's armband i mean what a what a like three weeks for mark under taking that would be and he's playing even if as a backup goalkeeper at the right as a backup goalkeeper that's about the best three weeks you could have getting handed a, an armband when you come back to your club just for leaving like going to the world cup because somebody else retired and then you also come back with the world cup unfortunately he's gonna have to do that sitting on the bench with neuer which again they're probably personable but we also know there's a lot going on there okay so we did talk a little bit about some of the individual players and as far as the individual awards Let's get through there, and then I think we'll call it a day here. Golden ball. That wait, did we pick our winners, or, or are we gonna leave that for the for the end? Oh, I I gave my winner. It was Argentina. Oh my bad. Yeah, I, 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 I got. Your, I mean, I got Argentina beating Belgium for the third yeah. place, and I got France going back to back. I got France. Yeah, I thought Germany you had Germany the, beating France. I misunderstood. No, no, I was about to do it, but I was like. Damn, You're really they, hyping up Germany there. Beat, <laughs> if they beat Brazil, they beat Germany. They I mean they beat Brazil. They beat Argentina, and then they beat France. I was like, hold your horses, maybe. <laughs> so I was like, I, I went the safe bet with Mbappe just going wild yeah. in the whole tournament. So, but it wouldn't surprise me if they beat them. This hypothetical situation, if they beat France whatsoever. So okay. we we can go now to the end. Yeah, because I was saying then you got World Cup and the coming yeah. back. And then, and also World Cup Jules Kunde. I, I say that too. Um, there yeah, we yeah. Go. So, as far as the individual awards, Golden Ball, best player. We'll be a bit quicker with this one. I have Messi. Again, I have, I have Argentina winning the, the, the World Cup. So, I have Messi. Yep. Like, a lot of these things are based on our predictions, right? Like, how fast exactly. so, like, so, I have Messi. That's what I, it's going to be. For Golden, Golden Ball, best um, player. Gold, best player? I got Mbappe, okay. and I got him for the Golden Boot Makes as sense. well. Golden Boot, top score. I hate I'm doing this, but I'm going with Vinny Jr. I think. Ooh, that's a Here's good the reasoning. One. We talked about those groups, and I told you the easiest group to pick the winner was was Brazil. Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon. There's a number one, and there's three teams fighting for second place. And I think in one of those games, Vinny Jr. can get a hat trick. That was my thinking, is that where is a player going to score two goals or three goals or two goals multiple times? And so looking at those groups, I think Vinny Jr., even if Brazil lose, right, and they're in the third place game and they get to the, the semifinal or whatever, you could see Vinny Jr. going even into the knockouts with already four goals. And usually five or six goals is enough to take the, the golden boot. So I think 
there's a there is a path where Vinny Jr. goes off in one game, and even if Brazil don't win the World Cup, he wins a Golden Boot. I like your. Yeah, I had to pick somebody like on it. Brazil for that, and 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 yeah. he would be the guy for Golden Glove top keeper. I actually also am going with Allison for the same reason because again, I'm handing Brazil some awards, even if they're not. Again, with them losing in the third place game, that means that they only really lost in that quarterfinal. Sorry, they lost in the semifinal rather, and that's what sent them to the third place game. So losing in that semifinal, they lose one game in the whole tournament. And so I have Allison there again for the same reason. Like there's a world where Brazil gets three uh, shutouts. And so you're looking at who had the most shutouts in the tournament. Again, Germany's in a group with Spain. Spain's in a group with Germany, right? And that kind of thing. So I see this world where maybe Brazil going to the round of 16 without conceding a single goal. I got Germany. I mean, I mean, I got Neuer. Like if I got them going to the yep. finals and Neuer, I think is has to be my bet for uh best goalkeeper of the world cup. And yeah, they're just that Spain team. I like, I, I mean, hopefully Ansu does great, but just, I, I don't think that they're lacking goals. In my oh, opinion. it's not a few. I agree. Ansu, that's, I mean, that's the problem. Unless Ansu becomes Ansu pre knee injury. And I see them struggling to score. So whatever. I, I, I that's another thing. <laughs> But I got no year. I got no All right, year. best young player. Man, I put, I mean, if I had Vinny Jr. as a top scorer, they're going to name Vinny Jr. But I did put Or Pedri because even though Spain didn't do what they want to at the Euros, Pedri made an impression. And because I think there's going to be a lot of focus on that Germany, Spain. So, like, there is a world too where Spain somehow beats Germany in their group stage. And then that means they're going on to have to face Brazil in the next round, right? So there is easily a world where, I mean, they go through Germany, finish first, and then they have to, and then they beat Brazil. Like Pedri is your young player. I mean, wrap, like wrap it up and gift yeah. it, send it to his house and, and uh, his dad in Palmas. But best young player, I think, again, in my scenario, it goes to Vinny Jr., which, I mean, it is what it is. Jamal Musiala. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm buying all sure. the Musiala stock. There is. And if I got them going to the finals, again, like Musiala has to play a vital yeah. part in that. And if he does, and he, he could easily be named best young player of the tournament. So I I I think this is like it, it, it could be, and I'm hoping it is because I I do like to watch him a lot. So I'm hoping it is his coming out party to the like the rest of the world. Yeah, in the final match, man of the match. Obviously, I do have Messi because I think this is one of those circumstances that even if even if Lautaro Martinez is the one who scores the one, nothing, right? Like regardless of who the goal score is, it's going to go to Messi. (laughs) So like, I'm not trying to galaxy brain this one. I'm saying that Argentina, the players himself will be like, right. Like let's say the one goal in the final is scored by Rodrigo DePaul, like trips over the ball. Right. And then like rumbles his way into the net. Right. And then like, and then Messi picks him up and take, right. And then like runs him back there. And then Messi's like, do it for Argentina. Then Rodrigo DePaul will be like, no, 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 don't give it to me. Like it has, okay. You're done. So yeah. And I'm assuming you keep saying the name of Bappe quite a bit here, including in the final. Yeah. So there you go. So that's, it has to be him. Like yeah, Killian. I'm giving him all the love that I can before he eventually goes to where we we know he'll he's gonna end up. So I'm like, I'm giving you all the love because I know probably after a certain year, it's not gonna be that much love going towards him. So yep, yep, yep. All right, you know, we kind of ran out of time here to do any other little things. I think we pretty much did a good job of kind of going through, giving our hot takes on every little team and group and whatever. So any other points from you, Rafa, or, or let's, let's, let's do that World Cup? No, I just, I mean, let's cross our fingers, wish the best of the Barcelona players that they come healthy, back. Healthy, yeah. 
Exactly. Healthy. It, I don't care if they reach the finals or if they go out in, in the group stage. I just want them to be healthy. So that's my wishful thinking and my only like added note. Let's guys, let's come back healthy. We still have the second part of the season and we still got trophies to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and business wise, as I said, this is an interesting World Cup too because there's a lot of young players, but they likely won't play a lot. Like there's just a lot of really good players who've already found homes. That's what I found too when I was like trying to find who to watch. And so many of the players I found to watch that are interesting that are like going to make their name known on the international stage are already like even the 2021 year olds, 22 year olds. Like it seems like these big, big clubs have finally figured out how to scout because you're not unearthing these gems at 24 anymore. It's just, it's not happening. Like a little bit in maybe one of these uh, African teams or one of the South American teams where again, they can't go to Europe when they're 18. So the scouting is done in a little bit of a different way. But yeah, I, I think a lot of these young players have already found homes for expensive money. So I think it's a, and I think part of that too is because it's happening in the winter, your mid season. So again, a lot of these young players have just arrived at new clubs, just made the move over the summertime. And they're finally getting their feet wet here. Uh, and that's why I did, you know, I did notice this too, that I thankfully for not getting any criticism. I picked a bunch of MLS players to watch, even as I was going through, because MLS had the most players from any of the outside of the top five leagues, which again is saying something, but it also says something that their seasons are ending. And I felt like, and had just ended. So I, I felt like, okay, a bunch of these young players in the MLS that are playing for these South American teams that chose to play in MLS, they're going to get taken to Europe. Like they're the players that are going to move next. Because they're the ones fighting for a contract in ways, again, these young players that just already signed and are halfway through their club seasons with their first year at their club or whatever, they're already, you know, they're already taken. So I think you're going to see a lot less of that transfer business rumor. You know what I mean? And I, I, I actually don't think we're going to see that many young, young players like pop off in this tournament either. So that's a very boring hot take. I'm saying like the names you know is the names you know. And you know our names. That is Rafa Football over there. Yeah, so make sure you follow. It's, it's actually Alda Mui football. Let me get that exactly correct. His name is Rafa. <laughs> it's Alda Mui football. So just follow him down in the description below. He's also doing a lot of fun things. So follow him on his social media too. Because even if you're not hearing from him directly, he's doing some fun things down in Puerto Rico. Yeah, like right now, like YouTube, it's it's a little bit quieter now with the World Cup. But on, on Instagram, I'm doing a bunch yep. of things. So, I mean, do both. Follow me on both. But just saying that... Right now, I'm mainly like chugging out content more on Instagram than than YouTube. And then when Barcelona is back, we're like full on yeah. back on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So again, he's doing some fun stuff down there. So gas him up. He's on TV. We're having a good time. Hey. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and then we're on Twitter and Instagram too, as long as Twitter lasts, at the Barcelona pod. For those who listen to Friday show, as well as who, who watch the YouTube thing, I've got some things in the works too, like the World Cup. I'm not really taking a break. I am off for this whole week. So you always know me when you give me more than four or five days off, I, I come up with something and we, we change stuff up. So there are some changes coming in the near future. So look out for that, of course. Uh, Patreon, YouTube, you know where to find us. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.